Welcome to episode 199 of Control the Controllables. And hot off the back of Wimbledon 2023, we had another Czech winner. Well, we had more than one Czech winner, but on the women's singles, we had Marketa Vondrusova, who became the Wimbledon champion. And it's got us all talking, because what is the secret to the success of Czech tennis? The Czech tennis, I think it's so special because uh, because uh, there are so many coaches which are really taking care about the technique and they, they're they using slice and they're using approach and, and uh, playing drop shots. And, you know, they're using much less drills. You know, you need the kids to compete and play. It's not not just about the practice. It's it's of course more very important to have this system with the great coaches, but it's about the competition. And obviously we we have we have the check check tournament system, uh, which is which is great. And to answer that question, we've got the the sports director for Czech tennis, and that's Jan Stotchus. And Jan comes with a, an incredible wealth of experience. As, as a player, he was number seven junior in the world in singles and two in doubles. And then he had a bit of a tragedy, really, that he, he was unable to carry on his tennis career. And we're going to dive into that. And we're going to also find out the consequence of that. What has that then motivated him to go on and do? And he's he's been a coach to many players, from Danai Udumchok to, to Yen Sun Lu to Rainer Shuttler to Benjamin Becker. Yeah, not Boris Becker, but Benjamin Becker, who had a career high of 35, to, to Ricardo Barrancas. And then... Probably the most high profile he was coaching, Lucas Kubot, as he ended the year in 2017 as world number one in doubles. And then he went back and he started working with the Czech Federation and passing on his knowledge. And over the last few years, he's been given the reins to, to hold the direction that the sport is going in. And you'll hear this word a lot throughout the chat, and it's humility. And Jan has it in abundance and it's plain to see that the person who is leading their program, that is leading their industry right now on the performance side, is living and breathing that value that flows all the way through to all of the great champions that they are producing, the the amount of players that we're seeing on the tour right now, mainly on the women's side, but also on the men's. But again, we talk about all of these things and so much more. And it was a real pleasure to have Jan on the show. And I'm sure you will take a lot from this as well. And I'm going to pass you over to Jan Stotches. So Jan Stotches, a big welcome to Control the Controllables. How are you doing? Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a big pleasure, pleasure, Jan, to have you on the show. You know, I think Czech tennis has been doing amazing things for many, many, many years. You know, this is not a new phenomenon, uh, but certainly this was actually a little bit motivated from we had our Wimbledon review. We had a big panel that comes on and talks about the Grand Slams. And when we got into it, one of the big topics was, oh, my goodness, the Czech players are winning the women's singles, the women's doubles, the girls' doubles, the, in the boys' doubles final, you know, the, it was absolutely everywhere, you know, and I know it's been happening 
and we have a Czech, Czech girl in the finals juniors. It's nobody talking about it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's almost failure. You know, it's, uh, which is which is incredible. So a big congratulations to yourself, to to everybody that's obviously working extremely hard behind the scenes to to make those things happen. But at first, I want to jump into to you, Jan, because you've had a, an interesting story. You know, you were a top junior player uh, who, correct me if I'm wrong, unfortunately had an injury that stopped your playing career at such a young age. And I always think it's a great reference point to understand where did your love affair start with tennis? You go back all of those years, the first time you picked up a racket, how did it happen? Why did it happen? And then and then we talk through your junior career a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, I started because my father, because my, my father was a very good tennis player and uh, um, he, he won together with Jan Kodish uh, the Galea Cup, which was very prestigious uh, tournament uh, back these days. And, uh, you know, I think like my father have a dream that I will become a big tennis player which uh, was going quite well until the juniors, but unfortunately then uh, happened to risk uh, uh, destroys in my back and then I couldn't continue it, which was uh, very disappointing, I think, for him, and but also for me. And, and in terms of your junior career, because again, if, if I'm correct, you were seven in the world in singles, two in the world in doubles, ITF juniors on a, on a great path. That's, you know, if we take the data over the last 30, 40 years, that that's obviously setting you up to, to have a good pro career. But when you look back at that, what would you put that success down to? You know, it sounds like maybe your dad was quite a driving force. Was it down to the, the, the federation, the system, your unbelievable talent? You know, what, what was the, the big factors in you, you being such a high level player at that age? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it's a kind kind of all together because, you know, obviously Czech Republic, uh, it's very traditional tennis country. And uh, and I think we have always like a great system just before maybe a little bit different because it was the communist time and uh, there was a quite different opportunity uh, than, than these days. And, uh, you know, so I was in one of the center and my father was pushing me very hard. You know, and and he basically brought me to to this level of of the juniors. But it was connected through through the through the center where I was practicing. So so no, I think it's a connection of a little bit of everything. You know, and you and you mentioned that period because when we look at the seventies in Czech, Jan Kodic won nineteen seventy three. You were born nineteen seventy six. You know, my my look into that period in Czech tennis, there seemed to be quite a change. It was it was quite an elitist sport before that. And then it almost felt like it started to become the sport of the people. It started to become more accessible. And obviously that's kind of gone through different stages over over the last 50 years. But I, I guess growing up in that, uh, do you uh, count yourself fortunate that you came in that time or were you already tennis was going to be your thing. And then the second part of that, Jan, is how big of an effect has that shift had on, on the opportunity for more people to get into the sport? You, you know, because the time was completely different and, and, you know, we've been not allowed to be traveling, you know, you know, obviously you have to be only in the national team to be allowed to travel um, to foreigner country. And, you know, so, so, you know, like for everybody that time was a dream, uh, let's say to travel and to become the big sportsman to see the world. 
So I think it was completely different situation and the motivation was completely different. So, so you know, I think uh, I think it's a big difference to 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 the, to the days after the system broke, the system broke because you know, for me, the life was tennis, and and obviously it's still tennis. And uh, and then you know, like uh, I I I was having dream, of course, to to win the Grand Slam. And I was doing everything for it. And then, then when the time comes, you know, because I think exactly what you said, you know, I was playing the juniors with name with Guga Carton, Tim Hanman, Ryan Schuttler, my close friend, you know, and and many others, you know, playing against Marcelo Rios, and you know, and these guys, they they become superstars, and then and then I couldn't 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 play, and that was that was for me mentally very very tough. That was really really difficult time i have to say how long did it take for you to accept that well honestly i will say it was a couple of years i mean it was uh four five six years and i was really like uh fighting with it mentally because because you know when when you see and uh, i i was beating few few of the these guys you know in juniors and and so you know i thought like i could i could really become big player as well and uh, and then i just found was actually this injury because uh, you know my dream was to to be in the same environment uh, like uh, my friends from junior was I was yeah. just uh, and I was just you know that was the only goal for me I was uh, having goal and dream to become big coach to to be basically in the same tournaments like my friends and uh, and I think that was that was the engine of the of the success I have to say and that's uh, I think that's such a, a such a nice message that Jan because and uh, for me one of the things I'd written down when I when I when I saw your story was I'm a massive believer that everything that happens has a consequence and that can be positive or that can be that can be negative but sometimes we actually don't know what the consequence is for a long time <laughs> you know so if we take your situation of having a career ripped away from you because you're you physically were unable to get on get onto the court the consequence of that challenge you've been able to use in a positive way to then set up the the, the next stage of your career you know and i think that says a hell of a lot about about you you know and and the values that you've had installed from your family and so what are those those values that have enabled you to be able to do that? I was growing up in completely different times, you know, and uh, how I said uh, already before, you know, we, we don't have any opportunity that time. And so, you know, I think I have this kind of like uh, fighter spirit inside me. Yeah. So even, you know, so I, first of all, I was, Obviously, I was broken mentally because, you know, I couldn't compete and, and I was playing a Bundesliga and, uh, uh, you know, actually with a couple, couple of the English guys, they, they've been playing Wimbledon and playing Bundesliga, but I, I was I was actually ready to play one match and then rest five days, okay, <laughs> if I will yeah. say like this, because my back was not holding, you know. Yeah. And then I slowly like recognized that I have to fight in my life and then. I can make a different career, you know, and uh, I, I, I make I make a goal for me, you know, and the clear goal was to become ATP coach. So, so you know, after the few years, I was really having clear goal again because my goal was to become 
tennis pro, which couldn't happen. But I found this goal, and I think this helped me so much in my life. How important is goal setting? You think for player for players for for anybody in life, because that that's coming through that your your ability to almost reframe the situation that you're in, and you know you've got your goals of being a player, and then you're able to reframe that and say, okay, now I have the goal to 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 do this uh, myself as an ATP coach. And then, which we'll get into later in the conversation, you've obviously then had a vision and a goal for how you can then help Czech tennis as a, as a whole, you know, working for the federation. So how important is that goal setting and setting those clear purposes been for you? And as a coach, how important do you think that is for players as well as they go along the journey? Well, you know, I think it's extremely important. I mean, it's it's not not just for the sport but it's very important for the life you know because when when you set up some goal and and you are living for some dream then it can really happen and uh, and you know uh when when i was starting coaching you know then i i don't think like uh, even my father will ever imagine that i will be coaching players playing semi final quarter final or grand slams or or uh, winning doubles Wimbledon and becoming number one in the world, but you know I was living in my dream, and um, and you know I I think this is this is uh, very very important for the motivation because uh, like sometimes I am missing that, but in my opinion you know it's already when you when you talk with the with the young kids, and of course everybody's different, but you can already see quite a lot the difference that that. Uh, some some of the kids they have really this dream and mm. and i think i think is the right way is is the right way because you know the life is about these goals and dreams and then yeah. and can and then can really happen uh, absolutely and 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 that moves me into to you as a coach jan you know you've obviously started quite young as a as a coach and you know coach from coach from a young age and coach for many years and then moved into the various various other sides of the game as well. What's been your big coaching philosophy? Something that's really personal to you, that almost no matter who you've worked with, that's been a non-negotiable that you've looked to bring through. Well, well, I have to say that uh, because you have you have many kind of different characters as coaches, and uh, and I feel me as a person, you know, I am I am completely working with everybody individually and and completely different because in my opinion yep. everybody's completely different because somebody have like a clear system and which is doing over and over but i am different you know i'm really working with everybody different depends what i feel what kind of player you know is the person so that's why i will i will say you know for for me for me what was one thing that i was I was even asking the players sometimes what they want to practice or how they feel. But at the end of the day, I have to be the one who have the last word. And this I was uh, this I was following all my career. And how's how is your your philosophy and way of working aligned into I guess the the Czech way of working, the the, the way that would be seen culturally within your country? You know, actually, this is very, very good question, you know, because um, in my opinion, you know, that every culture is completely different. And I would say that, let's say, 
Czech Czech Republic coaches they're they're very good technically like uh like I I think you know like uh, uh we have very good eye and and we're working a lot with the technique you know and but maybe then you have other other countries where you see they're working much more with intensity let's say you know but the Czech coaches and the Czech culture it's it's a lot about technique because then then obviously you see so so many great players with the, with the great technique and I think this is very very specific in Czech Republic. And why is that? Why why is it that that's able to be created and I guess passed down through the generations as well? Is that down to the education system? Is that down to the way that it's run from the top, and I know you've got lots of regional centres. Is that down to the club system? How how is it that you can almost get this way that this is almost a traditionally how how a Czech coach works? Well, you you know you, you know the tradition is really really big, and you know I have to say that uh, let's say in my times, you know the the, the coaches used to be very strict, you know. I mean, these days it's maybe a little bit different because you have to work with dif different kids because, yeah. of, you know, the the opportunity for, for parents and for people are completely different than the, the days before, you know. But, you know, uh, I will say, you know, that that, that the tradition and, and this, the strict system of the technique was, was uh, really continuing. It's still continuing these days. And, you know... Uh, I think also that it's very important that uh, what you said we have we have our our national centers and uh, and we have the concentration of the of the great coaches and the many for, uh, former players in the system you know and and you can see the the guys can uh, can uh, learn from each other which I think it's most important because uh, my philosophy as a coach I was I was trying to learn every day something from somebody and what that was a matter who was it and I think this is also uh, the the key to become really successful coach because you know doesn't matter who you talk to or you know if if somebody want to give advice I think your ego should be not not there and should be just listen and maybe you will say okay maybe it's bullshit but maybe it could help and can improve your player for the one step you you need it and and this is so important and uh, and I have to say I was taking uh, profit from from. Uh, from listening a lot from uh, many many others uh, great people around me it's really good that Jan, because if i if i think of czech republic tennis and i'm absolutely not close to it you know i've i've played myself i've coached for many years i've come across lots of czech coaches lots of czech players i obviously watch tennis so I've watched the greats of the sport and many and many of them have been Czech. And even, you know, I know the likes of Hingis, Krychek, the Korda family, you know, there's, 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 there's also these families that have, have moved away from Czech, but have, have, have come from, from that setup. I always think of the word humble and it's, it actually, one of my coaches at the Academy, he was a hitting partner at Wimbledon this year. And he was from quite early on. I think it was when he, when Anjibur played Kvitova, he was he's a lefty, so he became the lefty hitter. Uh, <laughs> and we all know that he played a lefty in the final as well, you know. So, and and Ons hit with Mike on centre court that day, and I think this is quite symbolic because they hit on centre court, which on reflection. 
might have been an error within Onza's team because there was a lot of press around. It just it, it just kind of built it up to already having a whole continent on your back. Whereas Von Drusseva was hitting on the same court that she's hit on every single day on the far side of Orangi Park. And I just think that's quite symbolic to Czech tennis of like, just, we just get on with it. We're just, we're in the background. We work hard. We put it in day in, day out. We turn up, you know, no, no real drama, you know? I, I, and, and I think that comes through loud and clear, but, I'm not naive enough to think that that's the only reason that there's been success. Uh, I also, I also am not naive enough to think that there's this big secret that nobody knows. Uh, however, I I am going to ask you the question: What is the secret? <laughs> you know, what is the <laughs> what is what is the secret to this amazing conveyor belt of of players at all ages and all levels that have just continually come through over the last many, many years? Well, trust me, I'm, I'm getting this question uh, for the last last two, three years quite often because, uh, you know, like even now I'm three and a half years uh, in charge of this position and we're having incredible juniors, especially the girls, even last three years, they won the World Champions 14 and 16 and European Championship Cups and everything. And uh, this question is uh, coming all the time. So do you mean you know, to say, Jan, we've got to you know, put up with this for the next few years as well, do we? The next lot are already coming. <laughs> well, well, I, I hope so. But, uh, you know, how I said again, you know, we are, we are very traditional uh, tennis country. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very happy that... Uh, and uh, when when I come in the system, you know, I was even trying to 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 brought more and more uh, former players in the system, you know, which are helping, which are helping in the national centers, which are traveling with the with the teams to the European Championship and 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 Junior Billy uh, Jinky Cup and Davis Cup, and you know also you know uh, they are they are together with the other coaches because they they can share the experience together and uh, and i think you know that uh it's the most important that we are we are keeping the system that we, we have the the main three national centers then we have another six uh, uh centers for for the national players you know and system from down and uh you know i have to also say that uh i have a huge respect to coaches which are working with the kids because you know once you work with the pros you know, then then you don't see what what these uh, great coaches, which are working with the ten years old, twelve years old, you know what what their kind of great job and with the patient, with the huge patient, what they are doing because it's obviously it's very 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 difficult. And you know you know I have I have to say also with respect that we have uh, we have a uh, we have a great great parents which are really giving everything, which is also not. Uh, I would say not everywhere, but uh, but I think especially the the parents of the of the girls they are extremely motivated because we are we are really one of the best uh, women's women's tennis country in the world and and we are continuing it's for the how you said it's for the for the last fifteen years and we are we are producing more and more girls you know we have now. Again, I have was having interview yesterday because we we have this uh, two fifteen years old 
girls which won junior Wimbledon doubles, which I think is amazing achievement. And uh, you know, here here in Czech Republic in the media, it's not not become so big because Marketa won the singles. So you know, yeah. but 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 you know, like for me, it's incredible achievement. Again, I have another fifteen-year-old girls which can be really really good. But I think that helps. I think that helps that it's not a big deal. You know, that, that, and that's that, that's that humility thing again for me that, you know, there's almost so, and I think Marquetta, I believe, was the ninth highest ranked Czech woman when she won Wimbledon, maybe. I know she's not anymore, you know, <laughs> but, but, but the fact that that does happen, because in many countries, that would happen. <laughs> they would be all over social media. They would be all over everywhere. And, and, and it would be hard to keep that humble way. And it would become a little bit more entitled and a little bit more the head starts to turn. So it seems to me that because of that, and obviously now there's so many players and there's so many role models, it's almost a little bit easier to move that forward. But I, I have to ask a couple more specific questions because there'll be people within federations in various countries that I often see selection processes are challenging, uh, funding is a headache because it's you know it can create a lot of lot lot of difficulties. How you then combine schooling with the training? How does it work? Give, give me a bit of an overview of how it works in Czech Republic with regards to to those things. Well, well, you know, obviously, of course, we we have our criteria how how to become the National Tennis Center member, and and then the. Uh, and the national team member. And then obviously these kids having uh, full support in these centers. Of course, it's, it's difficult, but you know, but I built it a coaches committee and I'm in the, it's not like that, that I am, I am deciding everything. Uh, maybe I have the last word if I have to, but you know, I have a, I have a big committee of four, 14 top coaches, which I am, which I have I'm discussing everything, you know, uh, obviously regularly, you know, and then, uh, this is then uh, very helpful. Let's say if you make a nomination for a junior European Championships under sixteen, you know that you know uh, I I want to have always the majority, which will say okay, we are sending this and these uh, players, and it's also helping uh, against let's say problems with parents because obviously every parents wants to have the best best child in the world, which is understandable. But, you know, uh, for, for me personally, it's very important to do it really fair, you know, and, that they, and then if, if let's say, uh, somebody thinks, yeah, but why not uh, my boy or my girl, let's say, him, you know, that, uh, you know, to have the right argument. And the argument is uh, not from one person, but it's from, from a big uh, pros coaches team, you know. And and how many people? So you got the three national centers, you got the six regional centers. I believe I heard. How many players do you have in each of those centers? And does that require players to leave home? And and at what age? Well, you know, we, we have we have then we have also then sixteen sixteen um, re regional centers, which are usually for age under twelve, and okay. and then then this six and. Three national centers, which are already fourteen till till eighteen and twenty uh, and under twenty one, and then usually, obviously, all the pro 
are uh, practicing in the national centers, and uh, which is of of course very helpful if you see uh, I don't know Petra Kvitova practicing, and the next court you have Alena Kovachkova, the junior girl. Yeah. It's it's a huge motivation. So so you, you know it depends. Uh, let's say that the parents they then if the if the kids let's say it's top five rank. The parents, they they basically they are they are in um, in touch with the with these uh, centers, and they can free choose. You know, it's not that uh, you know uh, I will say you have to go to Prague or you have to go to Prostev. You know, they they can choose, and they are they are talking with the with the directors of the of the national centers, and they are talking what are the opportunity, which coaches they are available at the, at this time for the kids and everything. So uh, I don't think it's the right way if you are. If you are pushing somebody or anyone, anybody to something, because it have to be your own decision, yeah. and uh, this is sometimes I feel is the same principle. If you are coaching, when I was pushing the the player, sometimes, you know, then I realize that the the player have to have to realize that he have to decide by himself, because I think it's everything uh, about trust. Because if you will not trust me. How can I improve you? You know, mm-hmm. this I think is also very important that that uh, also the the parents and the young kids they will they are really they they have free to choose which center they are they are going to. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a big believer one in trust, two in two in connection. I think I think when the player has a strong connection with a coach, you know, beautiful things can happen. You know, and whether that's connection to. Uh, values, connection to game identity, connection to uh, the 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 way of working, the way of developing the game, um, or just connection connection as a person. And I always find challenges that I've seen over the years has been when you have a player that has that connection with a coach, maybe in their hometown, their home city, and then they get an opportunity to w- move up to a, a regional centre, a national centre, but then, yes, that might be better for sparring, for environment, for X, Y, or Z. But but how do you then ensure that one the connection is able to remain and uh, or with a, with a new coach or getting that right connection, and two maybe how you still include the coach that's maybe done the job from six to twelve and has been such an important part of that career career to date. I think this is this is very uh, very complicated question because uh, uh, obviously it's very tough sometimes uh, even for for coach to say okay I have done everything for my kid uh, for my player and uh, now is the time maybe uh, to move the kid to to some other center or to some other coach so I think this this is this is really something which is very special. But uh, like honestly, uh, there are of course coaches which are developing the kid from small kids until top player. Okay, but in in the, in the system, we have like let's say for each each age group, we have we have guys and they are working let's say under twelve, under fourteen, and then they are going let's say up to uh, from fifteen up already uh, with with the pro coaches, you know, because you know uh, this is exactly what. Uh, some sometimes sometimes uh, you know I I have a question if I, if I can go and and work with a small kid or something I say yeah of course I will go I will have a look and I will say my uh, let's say 
what what I am thinking about the kid. Okay, but but you know I know that they are they are really professional coaches, which they have really really much more idea about coaching more kid because it's completely different different work. So you know I I think it's important that the coach really realize if he can really give the player really something. Or if he's if his role or his role already finished, so you know. Yeah. And uh, in the system, how said we are we are keeping coaches more with the age group. We are not taking them with them all all the way up to the up to the top. Very good. And and in terms of the basic principles, obviously everyone will have their own way of working. There's different ways of working with different players. But what in these centers and in the system, what are what are the basic principles that you have in, in place for Czech tennis? I mean, every coach has his own group or, let's say, uh, numbers of players, which he's taking care, you know, which I think it's almost almost everywhere. And then, obviously, if somebody is already with 15, 16, become really, really top guy in 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 the world or something, then obviously you have to start individually, which I think is the trend in the world. It's, yeah. It just happened like this everywhere. I think this is same, same every country. And in terms of the, it, my my understanding in Czech tennis, there's a bit more focus, and you've said it yourself on on working with an individual. So if we have if we have systems, and I again I can think of different systems. It, the country I'm from, one of the, the you know the LTA it feels a little bit like it's a player has to almost move into a a centralized system. This is now how it works. And then the player has to adapt to that system and that way, that way of being. Whereas the feeling I get in, in Czech Republic is it's a little bit more, actually the system is able to adapt to the player and is able to 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 make that whole program individualized within the program. I don't know if that's just me picking that up, or you know, how would you? What would you say about that? I will say that uh, yes, that uh, that you know, here at the center, it's kind of uh, more, let's say, more flexible to adapt to the player, and eventually to see if. Uh, if it's necessary to maybe work more individually with some with some players, yes, that's for sure. And and the same with game style. You know, I I've been in Spain for thirteen years, and and I'm certainly not a one to be criticizing the Spanish system that's obviously worked incredibly well, especially on the men's side. However, if there was one criticism I did have of the Spanish system, it's quite cookie cutter. It's like this is how you play. You know, this is this is the way you play. You move behind the baseline. You play high and heavy to the backhand. You know, there's two or three set patterns. You obviously do that with incredible intensity, physicality, all of these things. Now, that, in my opinion, helps get players to be good, to a good level. But when it comes to actually taking somebody to a to a to another level and turning them great that is obviously a lot more individualized so if i was to say to you what is the czech way of playing tennis is there one way or is there multiple ways depending on the physicality mentality of the player the czech tennis i think it's so special because uh, because uh, there are so many coaches which are really taking care 
about the technique and they they're they're using slice and they're using approach and and uh, playing drop shots and you know they're using much less drills let's say the the, the spanish tennis is in, incredible strong how you said and uh, but in my opinion they have completely different uh, way because they they are using intensity they are using many drills but yeah. maybe maybe it's just the mentality you know i i can i i couldn't really say because i have uh, i have many uh, friends uh, in in spain and great players and coaches you know i have a huge respect to these guys and they were they're working they working different you know the question maybe that uh, I think the the Spanish are completely different mentality and the the, the Czechs, uh, you know, for them just to make a drills, it's not working mentally. I was. Yeah, and that's I think I think that's an important point, Jan. That it's hard to emulate a system because there's so many variables that go into into being from a certain country, the type of people they are, the the economics associated, the the way that they think, the way that the traditions of the country. And and I think if I if I look back over the years, you know, I think if I go back to sort of my time when I was playing, you know, Belgium happened to have Justine Henning, Kim Kleisters, Xavier Melisa, Olivia Rockus. So then it was like, we need to do what the Belgians are doing. And then Roger Federer turned up and Stan Varinka. No, we need to do what the Swiss are doing. We've got to be really careful not to jump in those certain ways. Or, or the Russians have obviously had, had a lot of success. You know, you take the Russian way into America, Australia, it's 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 not gonna work. It's a different, it's a different mentality. You know, do you find that the rest of the world is starting to try and say, right, what are the Czechs doing? And we want to take that. And do you think it's a system that can be emulated? <laughs> well, we are I'm getting this question more and more. I am I am as well um uh, tennis Europe a junior committee member and uh, I am going with the tennis Europe president Mr. Kaderka to to all the the annual meetings everywhere and then uh, you know of course uh, it's actually great because you've been mentioning uh Spain and you know when the Spanish uh, tennis federation president come to me and say congratulations you know, it's actually quite funny, and obviously, it's great. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's very very warm for the heart to 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 hear it. But exactly what you said, you know, I think it's also about some kind of waves. You know, you know, obviously, we are going on the long term wave, uh, especially with the women's. You know, after after Thomas Berdych and uh, Radek Stepanek, you know, now we are also trying to develop uh, the boys. We have Yuri Lehechkas coming up. He's top 30 now. And and I believe that uh, Thomas Mach and uh, Menchik and maybe Svrčina, you know, or Foray, they can they can become top players as well. So so you know we are we are working on on, on it like, like very, very, very intensive, you know. But exactly what you said, you know, it's every country of each wave. At the moment, it's really, it's really great. I'm very grateful and thankful to to that that I can I can be here, you know, and I, I can come to these meetings and and then you know all these uh, uh, big persons and and federation bosses, you know, come and ask and congratulate. This is this is really very nice. And if I use go back to Spain because I I've been here like I said thirteen years, so I get asked the question a lot: Why has Spain been so successful? And when I think about it, and I really I really believe this in my heart, I think it all goes back to the tournament structure. And I think 
I think the tournament structure is so good. There's so many opportunities to play the game of tennis, to compete. And culturally, then, they do compete. They compete hard, you know. So if you don't compete at a Spanish tournament, you look like the black sheep. You know, you look stupid, you know. So you've what you then have, that's the start of the ecosystem for me because you've got so much competition. You now get people that get the bug of playing the game of tennis. You now have more coaches that are, that are involved. You now have more academies. You now have more, more things that happen. And, and obviously you then have people that want to improve. They want to get better. They want to win tournaments. You can relatively affordably play to a very high level without, without traveling the world. You know, you can play, a number of tournaments every single month to a high level or all the way through. You know, I remember Juan Carlos Ferrero was my age and he turned up to La Petitas in Tarbes and won the singles. And then he disappeared for four years or so I thought. And then he came back as a wild card at Roland Garros and won Roland Garros juniors. And everyone said, where has he been for four years? Well, where he's been is, playing locally in Spain and playing the Spanish circuit, you know, and you're, you're able, you're able to do that. Very similar Carlos Alcaraz. I used to see him at all of the events as well. So I don't know that system in Czech Republic, but if I was a betting man, I would guess that you have a good tournament structure as well. Uh, well, this is, this is actually the, the part two of the Czech Federation system. Because the, the part one, we've been talking about it for the last maybe half an hour. But uh, the part two is obviously the great tournament system. And this, this in my opinion, is the is maybe even more important how to become top player. Because you've been just mentioning just, just now, you know, you need the kids to compete and play. It's not not just about the practice. It's it's of course more very important to have this system with the great coaches, but it's about the competition. And obviously we we have we have a Czech tournament system, uh, which is which is great, and it's connected with uh, the maximum number of tennis Europe tournaments yeah. under 12, 14, 16. and then of obviously connection connected with the ITF uh, under eighteen. And and then futures and the ITFs for uh, for women's and uh, and men's and and challengers. I am just now sitting in uh, in Liberec's uh, ATP challenger, and you know I think this is exactly what you need. So you 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 need in 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 the system to have from under ten until the men's, and then uh, of course if you have uh, so many tournaments, it save money, it save energy, save time. Your coaches, your coaches, which are working in the clubs or or centers, they are able to travel to the tournament, which is very often a big problem because you know to pay coach traveling around the world is almost impossible. Yeah. Only if you are if you are a millionaire, and uh, like this, uh, you 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 have the you have the chance that your coach is going with you and he's seeing you how you're playing and he can work with you during the tournament. And this is definitely, definitely the the key point for Spain, but it's also a key point for for Czech Republic. That's good. That, well, that that fits into my theory. So that's good. You you could have made me look stupid there, Jan, and said actually no, we have no tournaments. But that that fits very much into what I've been thinking. So then the next bit for me, and we've touched on it with that. And I ask this question a lot as well, and I I you, I get various 
answers. You know, I, you get a lot of people that say you can't be a tennis player if you don't have money. Uh, we had Cameron Norrie's coach, Facu Lagunes, from Argentina, who came on and said, actually, he disagrees in Argentina. He believes money never stops anybody. You know, if someone wants it bad enough, there's there's a way of doing it. I would imagine working in a in a federation, it's a question you get lots of questions around funding, finance, financial help, this this side of things. My direct question is, do you think that you need money in order to become a professional tennis player? I mean, of course, uh, money money is obviously important. Uh, but uh, let's say if you can go with the with with a good system and you have you have let's say uh, many tournaments, many local tournaments, then uh, it it helps a lot. It helps a lot. You know, there there are, I think uh, uh, you know you can you can see many kind of a different uh, strategies. Let's say of some parents that are their parents, they are really traveling from young age around Europe or even world. You know. Uh, which I think it's uh, not the most necessary to do it in the really young age. But obviously afterwards from, from 15, then you, you have to start travel. And then let's say if something like uh, like you said in Spain, that the guys, they can uh, play futures uh, 10 months a year in Spain, it is a, is a huge help, definitely. So how do you make tennis affordable in Czech Republic? Well, uh, I... Obviously, it's a very expensive sport, like everywhere. So, uh, one of the uh, more expensive sports. You know, the support for the for the the best are in in the in the centers, uh, which I think it's uh, it's a huge help if you can practice for free. You have, you have a good coach, you know. And then you know we have uh, we have certain uh, certain tournaments which is uh, for the national team, but it's only for the national team, you know, which are also uh, also. Uh, supported from the federation and then obviously are the big number of the tournaments which are in check and then and of course uh, the parents have to participate and and pay the expenses because uh, you know we are a small country a small federation we cannot afford to 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 pay uh everything's in impossible so your so i understand your support is more through resource so providing courts providing coaches that's where that's where the, the the money from the federation goes rather than direct to the players and parents uh, definitely definitely we, we like we like the system we like to support the coaches the centers the facilities tournaments you know yeah. and then of, of course we we have our plan of of uh travel travel during the year for the especially for the for the team events like the summer summer cups you know and yes. and grand grand slams and european championships etc cetera, etc cetera. but but uh, we are we are not focusing only for the for the for the traveling because this is uh, this is is not affordable it's impossible to pay and where does that money come into the federation? So we take the Grand Slam nations. We know that there's big amounts of money that come from the Grand Slams and filter into the federations. But a, a federation like Czech Republic, and then my second part of that is the same with tournaments. So often Grand Slam nations, they then run the tournaments as well. Whereas a, a, a country like Spain has to be more privately run, you know, sponsors, clubs that, that, that are funding, you know, being creative with how they do it. How does the money filter into the federation and how do you now get 
the the full the support for the tournaments is that done in a private way? Oh, well, well, you know the federation in Czech. It's uh, it's depend of the on the government, you know. Okay. And then and then obviously the the tournaments they are par- partly federation, partly private sponsors. You know, because without all the private sponsors for the tournaments, you know, it's impossible to organize the, so many, so many futures and challengers and uh, women's IT. So, so this is kind of connected, and uh, you know, the federation have to work and talk with the uh, with the private sponsors and uh, tr- uh, try to take care of them. So this is also a big, big job in behind, definitely. Okay, that that's good to you understand. Know, you know, if you are, if you if you can imagine, I mean, we are 10, 10 million people nations i mean we are like one one city let's yeah. say somewhere so so you know we are very small and uh, and you know our budget is also very small i will not say the the number because you will smile probably but but you know it's uh, that's why i think it's it's very important to to keep keep the system you know and uh, not trying to make any how how I said you know just be trying something new because you know why to change something which is which is working again very humble you know that's the word that continues to come back to me humble 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 and i i do now i i want to move into women's tennis because again we've talked about it but we haven't dug into it it's it's a joke it's unbelievable it's ridiculous it's like the amount of fed cups the and billy jean king cups the it feels like there's just a different female player arriving at, at, at all stages and ages you know the grand slam finals are littered with them singles doubles mixed doubles semis of doubles women's girls singles girls doubles they're they're appearing everywhere and i i won't even insult anybody by naming names because we'll be talking names for for, for forever what is it about the czech way do you, you think that is so I have a theory on this with Spain, which maybe I'll share after if you share, because I believe that the system in Spain is more conducive to, to men. Why do you think that the system in Czech is more conducive to 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 producing top women's players? Well, you know, I, I have this question quite often as well, uh, because, uh, you know, we are we a are sports country, I will say, and uh, and obviously the journalists or even, even the public people asking me this uh, quite often. You know, I will say that the, the biggest change, it starts, it starts after the communist system broke down, because, you know, the opportunity, uh, how I was uh, trying to explain at the beginning, in my case, you know, the tennis was exclusive sport, and and there was I think the the many many players' uh, dream was was to travel and to see the world, you know, and and uh, having better life, you know. And then uh, you know, let's say my generation was just about it when when it's changed. So we have we have still have quite many many players there, you know, Yuri Novak, Bogdan Ulyarach, uh, Rico. Down, how you said there's no no time to mention. We cannot not mention everyone, and and then everything have changed. You know, we we are capitalist country like like every country in Europe, and I think I think the parents they they kind of realize that I think the chance for the boys it's much bigger to to having good living with with ice hockey or or football soccer. You know, because uh, you you can you can play uh, even in the first division in Czech 
for good money, you know, or the, the highest uh, Czech ice hockey league, it's uh, well paid, you know, and you don't have to be the best in the world because, I mean, obviously everybody's talking about to become top 100 in the world, ATP yeah. or WTA, to, to make a good living. And uh, and I think this factor is quite high because um, the Czech tennis is losing a lot of kids from going to ice hockey and football, you know, I don't think it's excuse, you know, we have made uh, research and, uh, you know, the, thi the thinking have changed. I mean, we, we are we are Western country, the people are uh, thinking different. And I think, you know, the, the parents of the of the girls, they they see the great opportunity. They see so many big champions here, you know, and, and give them big motivation, you know, because, you know, uh, you, do, you don't have a well-paid uh, soccer team uh, for women's or ice hockey team or whatever, you know. So, you know, I think it's also about opportunity because uh, I think the, 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 the general, the people are, they're thinking how to take care of their, of their child. And uh, I think it's understandable because they, they knew, okay, the Czech tennis great system is working. Uh, the people in the, in the, in the Czech tennis, they, they know what they are doing. So the chance, to produce uh, good players, it's quite high, and mm -hmm. I think I think this is this is a little bit our problem with the boys. But how I said, I I believe that uh, that we will have uh, two three guys in the top hundred uh, quite soon. I often say, if you if you think of the top ten or top twenty most famous female athletes of the last 15, 20, 25 years you would almost have 60-70% on that list that are women's tennis players. So I, I think that's a global that's a global situation. If you name of the last 30 years the top 10 most famous and highest paid women's athletes in Czech, I bet you it's 80-90% women's tennis players. So I think that thing about the opportunity is big. Now, the thing that I want to, I'm speculating, and again, please put me in my place, Jan, if I'm incorrect on this. What I see, I guess there's, there's when we talk about equality, there's equality in terms of finance. There's equality in terms of opportunity. But there's also a more subtle thing that there's equality in terms of appreciation and respect. And I do think that even when there's a quality of payment prize money, there's some countries out there that don't give that same equality of appreciation and respect. Now, when I delve a little bit into Czech tennis, I know that you're one of the only countries in club tennis that has mixed teams. You know, the men and the women play together. There, there, there seems to be this more equal way of looking and respecting and appreciating what actually goes into becoming a champion and and then add that on top of that the normalization now and the role modeling of so many so many women that have gone through and done that it seems to be almost the perfect cocktail to be providing this incredible conveyor belt that 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 seems to be happening well, it's actually interesting what you what you just said. That uh, I don't even know that the other countries have not mixed teams in the leagues. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know that uh, 
German. They have on, only men's teams, but uh, I didn't know that we are the only one here. You know, maybe uh, not the only, but I think it's know, quite yeah, unique. Yeah, and you know, we we are we are keeping this tradition, and uh, actually. Uh, I was even uh, even talking uh, now on on some uh, annual annual meetings that we should not come back to playing mixed doubles, you know, as a tradition because I feel it's really nice, you know. But it's obviously it's 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 complicated because it's uh, we are playing the highest league in December before Australian Open and this and that. But you know, in my opinion, uh, in Czech Republic is definitely the respect girls and women's tennis uh, on completely completely same way like like the men's you know and and you know and also i don't i don't like this um uh campaigning you know women's tennis men's tennis you know i i think a woman is a woman a man is a man and you know and and i think there should be no discussion about this so you know because because you know i think uh, this create is creating only problems and you know in in, in czech it's really uh the the respect the respect is really really even a big big topic for me because of my uh my love and passion for doubles you know doubles was somewhere where as a player i felt most comfortable uh as as a coach whether i feel most comfortable or not i'm very passionate about doubles i i love doubles i love what it stands for i love mixed doubles um i used to hate seeing the draw at all ages when I saw check next to a player's name in the doubles draw because I had a pretty good idea they were going to return well, especially on the backhand side. They were going to hit the ball hard. They were going to be do the basics incredibly well. You know, they weren't going to be they weren't going to be doing anything stupid. You know, they were going to be incredibly disciplined. And there has been a great history of success in doubles in Czech as well. So is that something that is is worked on? Is that something that again is 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 part of the of the almost yeah, ecosystem? Because again, the UK, it's down to Louis Kaya and the amazing thing that Louis Kaya has done over the last 15 years. However, when I go back to my time, there was a lot of doubles in 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 the in the in the UK clubs that we all learn to play doubles and traditionally UK players British players have been very good at doubles as well. So where where does that come from? Well, you know th this is this is for sure connected with uh, again the the traditional system because the doubles uh, used to be really, I will not say same important like like singles, but. It used to be very, very important, and you know, especially in the team team competitions. You know, it's like most of the times the doubles team was the deciding, and you know, still in my times, you know, we've been playing afternoon two, three sets doubles, and we we love it. It's it's have been changing a little bit, and and I think because uh, you know now with uh, with the opportunity of so many tournaments, sometimes the parents are. Are not giving so much respect to the doubles, and uh, you know, at the moment we are uh, the the Czech tennis struggling a little bit with with doubles players, and we used to have always thanks in the hundreds. But uh, uh, I am trying to explain to the to the to the parents that uh, the doubles in my in my eyes it's so important for developing the player. You know, I mean, you are exactly what you say. You're playing you playing returns, you are playing approach, you are playing first volley, and basically. Basically, you can say it's uh, 
it's sometimes much better than to go practice and because you are you are playing you're counting points you know so in the in the in the past i mean was uh, really the doubles was uh, very important during the tournaments and now now we are struggling a little bit as well a little bit as well and i think it's it's in general problem of the successful tennis nations that that the, sometimes the parents they are they are just looking for singles and in my opinion it's it's wrong because uh, you can also through the doubles improve and uh, maybe you can also win big titles through playing doubles because you are improving your game absolutely well my i guess my big thing around doubles there's there's not so many ways that you can make money out of this sport right as as a player you know there's there's only so many places and what there is is there's also a bunch of extra places there for for players that are able to have the expertise in doubles and i i think as a, as a sport, as an industry, we should be encouraging the opportunity to to make a living out of this beautiful sport, you know. And I, I think whether that's one person on the court or two, uh, shouldn't make that much of a difference. So I I think it is it, it's a big big area. Um, my last one, Jan. You've been so good with your time, and if I'm not careful, I'll keep you here all day. And I'm sure you've got a home to get to after after working hard all week, but. People like myself, I'm spreading the word to all of these 164 countries about Czech Republic and, and what, what you guys are achieving. Everyone's seeing it. How how do you keep that that humble approach despite people lauding so much praise on the nation? Well, you, you know, like me, me personally, I, I mean, I have been always humble and uh... You know, I was lucky to be coaching many great players, and you know, and uh, I stay with uh, all of them in touch, as like a friends, you know. And I will say, uh, you know, Lucas Kubot when he became world number one in doubles, and I was actually after he finished uh, singles career, I was not planning even to coach him, but then he said, "No, Jan, you try with me. I cannot be without of you." And and you know, and 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 he become for me like my son, you know, and. And now this is the same for me for the for the Czech uh, Czech Federation. You know, like you know, I I working with heart. I I I love this job. You know, and I'm trying I'm trying to help how I just can. So you know, to today we are on the top. I, we will try to to keep it long as possible. You know, maybe one day we go we go a little bit down and then we can go up again. So you know, it's uh, it's just great sport, and I think. Uh, Everybody who you have here for talk, they they love the sport. Same, so you know, I think it's the love to tennis, and uh, and uh, so that's why I think we all of us doing that. Very good, and 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 it's exactly right, and and said so well, Jan. That and that's been my number one thing actually that I've taken from these these podcasts is speaking to so many enthusiastic people that love the sport. And I think it, when we're in our own bubbles, we can get a bit cynical sometimes. And, you know, we hear people complaining about things and complaining about wild cards and not having training opportunities and not being able to afford it. And before you know it, we can have a bit of a cynical view of the sport. And it's just been so refreshing for me to every single person I've met to, to feel the passion, to feel you know, this whole love of the sport to come through loud and clear. And it certainly has with you, Jan, you're doing an amazing job. 
Um, a big, big well done to you and, and, and all of your team. Now, the last, last question before our quick fire round. You personally, you've said you've been doing this three and a half years. What's your personal ambition? You know, what is, what's, what's next? What do you want to create in this role? And what else do you want to achieve out of the sport or, or beyond the sport as well? Uh, well, you honestly, like, uh, I will, of course, keep trying to, to develop of uh, young players and uh, trying to produce uh, next uh, Czech professional players. And then, uh, you know, of course, I have a, also a goal to to achieve uh, the best uh, possible result with the Billie Jean King Cup and Davis Cup because we have a great team in both. You know, the, the Davis Cup is a very young team and we want to develop them to get a success. And obviously, we have incredible women's team and I would love to see with this generation to hold the trophy over over my head with the with, with the girls will be my dream. Amazing. Are you ready for the quick fire round? Yes. <laughs> Singles or doubles? Singles. What does control the controllables mean to you? I think it means to me a lot of great information. Roger or Rafa? Oof, that's a tough one. I really like both of them. They're both <laughs> great friends of me. I don't know. Uh, maybe Roger is older. <laughs> Ivan or Martina? Ivan. <laughs> Net cord or not? Should the point be replayed? Or like they do in college tennis, in tennis, Europe tennis, they just allow the point to go? Oh, I don't like it. Medical timeout or not? For injury, for sure. Underarm serve or not? How everybody likes. The winner of the US Open 2023 men and women singles, your prediction? Oof. <laughs> I will say Djokovic, and then I will wish one of the Czech girls, but I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> you have many choices. <laughs> <laughs> if there, if it's not a Czech one, then you pick another one. You're not allowed anyone from Czech Republic. Oof. Maybe Pegula. Pegula, nice. Serve or return? Serve. Competition or practice? Competition. Individual training or group training? Group training. Favorite Grand Slam? Wimbledon. What's one rule change you should would have in tennis? Well, I was stopped uh, coaching on the tour few few years ago because I'm now doing the Czech Federation. But I always want that they could be official coaching available, which kind of in kind of way happening now, which is I think the right way. And who should our next guest be on Control the Controllables? Well, honestly, I don't know all the 198 ones, but I know who is the next one, which is Andy Murray. <laughs> but you've got to pick somebody else who you believe you can pass the baton to. It becomes your responsibility. That's the that's the podcast rule. All right. So, you know, you, you, have, you have to take my former player and my older kind of a son, Lucas Kubot. I would love to get Lu I would love to get Lucas on. 
Jan, you've been a star, honestly. The people are going to absolutely love that. I've loved talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Daniel, thank you very much for everything and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Take care. As ever, I have Vicky next to me to talk through that episode and that was really cool after all the conversations we've had recently on Czech tennis and, you know, since we've actually had that chat, we've seen that the the boys and the girls teams for the first time ever won the ITF World Team Championships under 18 which is something that is also incredible. So the, the line of players is continuing. But a little test for you, I guess, Vicky, because there's so much information in that episode and there's so many different learnings from it. You know, I think there's going to be people globally listening to that with pen and paper, just writing it down. Let's get the secret down. Let's see if we can put it into place. Hopefully we can summarise that for you back at home listening to this. Where do we start? Well, I think it's got to be opportunity and accessibility. Opportunity for the women and that he said there weren't many other sports for them to play. So tennis um, is a big one. They can see a path. Um, the parents can see a path. And accessibility in terms of the number of tennis clubs, tennis courts and coaches. Like he said, they're a small country. Um, and actually, it was at a tournament in the UK last week with our son. It's a, a grade three, 14 and under, Edgbaston Priory in Birmingham. Shout out to my club. And um, our son had a nine o'clock match, turned up about 8.30 so he could find someone to warm up with. And I could see this boy hitting with his mum. She's in full like skirt, flats, not at all ready to play tennis, had the toddler on the side. And as soon as they saw Matthew and Matthew saw the boy, they were like, yeah, yeah, let's let's go hit instead. And um, she could hit the ball really well. She came off and I got chatting and she was from Czech Republic. So I said, oh, look, we've, we've just been talking about Czech tennis. We've just had Jan Stotchis on the, on the podcast, you know, asking what is it at the minute? Why is Czech tennis doing so well? And she said the exact same thing. She said the exact words, accessibility. She said, I'm from a small town, um, small town there. And in that town, we had three tennis clubs to choose from. And, and I think the, the thing about it is, Vicky, is we joke a little bit about what's the secret. And it's hard to copy that because you you have and the word that just kept on coming to my head and I said it quite a few times was just humility is just ingrained in the identity of Czech tennis and and I would imagine of of people from Czech Republic you know if we go back to the core of what makes a person from Czech Republic you know there, there seems to also be and Jan touched on this 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 desire to to have an opportunity to go and succeed and make some money. And and I can't help thinking that that lack of humility in other countries, and it's nobody's fault as such, it's just often identity in the way that the culture is, the way that we're brought up. And it'll often come down to how affluent we are, what you know, what schools, facilities, opportunities to make money, different work opportunities. It seems to me that as a girl in Czech Republic, it's seen as a really big chance 
to go and make something of yourself. So, so now you're approaching it very different. Whereas some countries, and I, I'm sorry to people in Ireland, but I, I think it's quite a good contrast. In Ireland, it'll be go and play tennis once a week as an extracurricular activity in your schooling to kind of almost add to your CV and, and, and what you do, your experiences. Whereas it seems fundamentally in Czech, it's actually we play tennis because we're going to we're gonna we're gonna create some champions here, and and that then brings me on to my next point on role modeling. You know what they've kind of got such a good place right now where they're just, you know, we touched on there the under eighteen teams winning. It, it seems like it's just like week after week after week at all levels. So it's very doable. It's 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 very it's very possible. Wasn't there a story where three pro players came from the same club? Yeah, so that was Emily Webley Smith spoke about that on the, the the Wimbledon review episode that we had, and you know some some really big names that that have come from the same club, and that's not that's something we've seen it before. We've seen it from the the Spartak club in in Moscow, you know, where there was many many Russian players came out of. You know, I've seen it read it in books like table tennis, like the top 10 table tennis players in the UK all played at the same club. You know, that's quite normal, I think, that, but it, that comes down to role modelling again. I don't think it's normal. Three. Three. Well, well not, not, not normal to have them as, as top champions and Grand Slam champions, but I think it's normal that you do what other people do in your area. And if you have this traditional tennis club, that that's what happens. Now, it seems to me that they're dotted all around Czech Republic. So that's then what you do. You know, I've got, let's get, let's get our, our son or daughter into the sport of tennis. It can give them a great opportunity in this life to go and make some money and make something of themselves. And, oh, I just need to go down the, down the street to be able to do that. And we've got indoor courts. Oh, and also we've got this amazing coach that just produces year after year after year. The basics done incredibly well, you know, installing the, those values of hard work, of humility. And yeah, I don't think it's rocket science, you know, but it's it's obviously not easy to create that. And you have to already have a culture and a way that the people think within that country to, to give it its best opportunity. I don't know if I agree. I mean, it's not rocket science, but if it was easy, if it was as easy as they're making it look, we'd all we'd all have three players from our clubs on on the tour. I think it's how Jan described Czech tennis was very different to how the Spanish system works, and yet the Spanish have also been very successful the last few years on the, on the men's side in particular. So we, we talk about all the time. There's no one way. To make a tennis player, it depends on the individual. And, and that's what he talked about a lot, that the system adapts to the player. He said, you know, you asked him if there's a certain philosophy that coaches had, and he talked about technique. Czech coaches are very good on technique. He talked about having a really good tournament system. And he talked about the centres that they have, the main tennis centres. But I think the, the biggest thing for me was that they adapt to the player. No, ab absolutely. And I, I think there's one thing I'd like to share is there's a difference between a complex situation and a complicated situation. I always think that developing ten tennis players is very complex. It's not necessarily like ridiculously 
difficult is what in in that way other than you've got to get a lot of things in place and and that's what it seems that's what i'm saying that it's not rocket science because what they have in place is they've got they've got a culture in place where one tennis is accessible two they've got fantastic coaches in place that are teaching the fundamentals three they've got a great competition structure in place and that put a massive smile on my face because that's my my big one if he turned around and said there's no competition structure my theory would be out the window you know so so that was really pleasing but then what you then have is people that are having access to the sport are coming in with the mindset of we can do something with our Tennessee and we can make a life and that's the bit that some countries just don't have that and to change that culture in some countries is almost impossible you know but they seem to have hit on a bit of a gold mine there in terms of they've got the right mindset of people for an individual sport like tennis and then they've got the right facilities they've got the right tournaments they've got the right resources so that's what I mean. It's 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 complex to get those things in place, yeah. but but once you've got them in place, you know, and that's I guess rocket science would be quite complicated. You know, that's not something that anybody can do. You know, it's it's so complicated to get the right thing, and that's the that's I guess I'm working through it in my head a little bit, and it's fascinating to have these conversations. And yeah, I, I certainly love what you've said there as well about about the system adapting because it's also not just one way you know and he was very clear on that even though certain things are you know they're training in the six national tennis centers the 16 regional centers you know they've got a certain way of working Uh, however they are having a flex having a flex to that and making sure the players get what the players need without spoiling them and making them entitled as well and i I think that's important yeah i was wondering if there was going to be like a real competitive side to the women's i had a look at the wta rankings this week and there's five inside the top 25 in the world so a fifth four inside 12 i think yeah four inside 12 and then the fifth is pliskova so i was thinking god are they do they encourage each other? Are they super competitive? But Von Drusifer, after winning Wimbledon, was saying how they're really encouraging and it's a really nice atmosphere. And I guess with, with, with any scenario, when you've got a good group, you do naturally push each other on. Um, and yeah, by the sound of the juniors as well, they've, they've got that coming all the way through. They've got some serious depth. They do, but I go back to that word humility again. Like, Von Drusifer just won Wimbledon. And... I've just got back from Cincinnati. She was just, she was walking around as if she was someone that was helping clean the dishes in the in the players' lounge. You know the the lack of no ego. Oh, like zero. Literally the same with Muchova. You know that that these these girls that are having these exceptional results you know absolutely exceptional results final of final of Roland Garros winning Wimbledon nothing seems to have changed you know and that's that's also I think the beauty of humility being at the core of what of what the culture is and and I think they're getting a lot of things a lot of things right and it was a real pleasure kind of getting that insight from Jan uh, who, who I must say myself as well came across in, in an incredibly humble manner yeah he did and he also confirmed our 200th guest if I had a drum roll um, you would do it <laughs> I'm 
I'm doing I'm doing the action. I don't have the what's the word I'm looking for? The you know when you play a oh, sound effect. If I had the drum roll sound effect, I would have done it. But Jan um, basically stole our thunder and and told everyone. But yes, we have got drum roll, sir. <laughs> Andrew Murray, and we said we said we would get him at some point, and yeah, he has finally come on to control the controllables. It's a, it's like it's like a podcast winning Wimbledon. You know, and the excitement levels. A lot of excitement. Ex extremely, extremely high. And if you have waited till till this very end, then you you are you are our special listeners who who stay till the very end. And we have a little reward for you for you to hear a little 20 30 second clip of andy murray control the controllables episode 200 when my kids were they're still young but when they were younger that i was like oh it would be nice to keep playing um you know so that they'll be able to potentially see me play you know at wimbledon or so they were old enough to understand what it is that i do for a living and they don't care <laughs> you know they they really they really don't care and yet yet yeah yeah how cool is that Sir Andy Murray on control the controllables I'm still a bit giddy sitting here I've listened to it twice already <laughs> I I couldn't wait to listen to it once Dan had recorded it and actually even when he was recording it it was ridiculous I was trying to eavesdrop through the wall but obviously I could only hear Dan had his headphones on so I could only hear Dan speaking I couldn't actually hear any of what Andy was saying but I was like oh it's been an hour so far and they're still ch they're still chatting I was trying to work out from how long his replies were how well your questions had well I had hope gone he over. was speaking more than me yeah that's that's what, that's the that's the hope on he was he was yeah there was a lot of long pauses where I lost interest and went went and made a cup of tea but it's a really good one it is a really good one it's been keeping me uh entertained as I we've been training for the great north run which is rapidly approaching as well so Andy Murray will be will be dropping into your podcast inbox, wherever it is, whatever platform that you listen to these podcasts on, on Friday, August the twenty fifth. It's a one. Come on, get it on social media. You you know you're in the know if you've managed to listen to the very end of this episode. You know, control the controllables two hundredth episode. And lots of people don't. So we will give you permission to share it far and wide. Get the excitement levels up because it really is worth it. Andy was a star. He doesn't do podcasts. It's not the sort of thing that he does. So for him to jump on and give you the time that he has, we really need to get that far and wide. But until next time, I'm Dan Keenan and we are Control the Controllables. <laughs>